Almighty Father, we worship your holy name. We magnify you because you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords, the omnipotent God, the omnipresent God, the omnipresent God. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the ending. You are the first and the last, the first begotten of the dead. King of glory, accept our worship in Jesus' name. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you for your strength. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for life. We thank you for thy healing. We thank you for your deliverance. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your sustenance. We are so grateful, Lord. Daddy, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. We are here to hear from you. Speak to us, Lord. Minister life unto us and let our lives not remain the same in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jehovah God. For in Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. God bless you. You may have your seat. Um, before we go into the word of God, I want to quickly do a few things. Um, I would like to call on Brother Femi um, to come forward. Um, by the special grace of God, uh, Brother Femi will resume the position of the, H of the head usher. So he will be the leader in that particular department. So I want us to stretch our hands towards him and ask that the Almighty God will anoint him for that position. The Lord will give him the grace to excel in it. Let's talk to the Almighty God for strength, for power, that it will not fail God. It will not fail the Church of God. Let's talk to the Almighty God. For in Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. We have learned from your son that you do not call the qualified, but you qualify the call. King of glory, you have called him, qualify him. Everything he needs to succeed released upon his life, Lord. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Jehovah God. For in Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Um, the second thing I quickly want to do is I want to call on Brother Kinwale uh, to come forward. I just want the church to just stretch his hands towards him. The Almighty God have used him to purchase this drum. Um, I just want us to stretch our hands towards him. Let's ask that the Lord God Almighty will reward him. We are sure that Lord will be substance, and the God we serve is the one that diligently, that, that, that reward those who diligently seek him. Let's ask that the Lord will reward him. That the Lord God Almighty will surprise you. Surprise. Let's ask that God will surprise him as well. Let's talk to the Almighty God briefly. For in Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. 
So shall it be in Jesus' name. It is where to it is where we to God bless you. Thank you. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, quickly, we're going to go into the Word of God. I'll be talking to us today on a topic: Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? A couple weeks ago, we talked about greatness because. The Almighty God, one, one of his major goals this year is that he wants us to be great, and we will be great. We have established that the seed of greatness is in us already. So all we need to do is just do things that will make that seed of greatness to germinate and bring forth abundant fruit. That will be our portion in Jesus' name. So, But today we want to look into who are you becoming? Because... If the Almighty God has put the seed of greatness inside of you and He wants you to be great, we need to watch who we are becoming. Are we becoming someone that's going to be great or otherwise? If we can check ourselves, then it won't be a surprise at the end of the year who we have turned out to be. So I'll be talking on who are you becoming. I'd like you to open your Bible with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I would like us to read from verse 15 through 22. Luke chapter 12 from verse 15 to 22. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man, for the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. I'll stop at that verse 21. Praise the Lord. This man started as a rich man and ended as a fool. Even God described him as being rich. The Bible says that the ground of a certain rich man, that's how he started but he was becoming someone 
But at the end of the day, he had become a fool. Because at the end of the day, God said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. What transpired? What happened? A man who was rich and eventually became a fool and lost it all. Because we can understand that his life was taken away, then everything he has, already, he has ever had became useless. What happened? I was expecting that in his journey, in that story, that this man ought to have committed adultery. There was no account of that. How would I have expected that this man would have killed or murdered someone? Or would have steal? Or would have do something to warrant becoming a fool and losing his life? I didn't see that in that account. And I begin to ponder, what has he done? I didn't see anything bad that this man has done. So I begin to ponder, so why? Why has he become a fool? If he hasn't done anything. I mean, the Bible did not say he do anything. No action. If you look at the scripture, he did not take any step. He didn't do anything at all. So why? The answer to that. Is in verse 17. And he taught. And he taught. His thinking cost him. How's your thoughts? What are you thinking? This goes a long way to determine who you become. Open with me, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 27. 23. Proverbs 23, verse 7a. Just the first phrase in that verse. If you are there, you can read. Proverbs 27, verse 7a. Proverbs chapter 23, sorry. Proverbs 23, verse 7a. Proverbs 23, verse 7a. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. And on that version, say, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Someone said, Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Say, Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your character. Watch your character, they become your destiny. And I had that one. Watch your destiny, they become who you are. Praise the Lord. Who are you becoming? You need to watch how you think. What you think. Your thoughts matters. Yes, what you do matters, but won't something come first? Your thoughts. What are your thoughts? How do you think? The major problem I can see in this man is about his thought. The Bible says he thought within himself. 
He didn't even say it out in the beginning. He didn't even carry it out. He didn't do anything. This is just a thought. But God knows that your thoughts is who you are. Your thoughts will make you become someone. How you think. How you reason within yourself. There's always a thought behind every word. There's always a thought behind every action. What you say, there was a thought before it. What you are doing, there's a thought. Many a times, it's the motive behind what we say. Our thinking is the motive behind what, what we do. Many of us are here this morning. I'm so happy to see you. But what are your thoughts for coming? What are your motives? What did you think? Well, it's Sunday. I need to be here to fulfill all righteousness. Is that the way you think about it? Well, I need to be here if not the pastor will call me. He will begin to ask me questions that I don't want to answer. Why are you here? Are you here? Do you think, yeah, I really need to come here and worship the Almighty God. I really need to come here to serve the Lord. I really need to come here. What, why? What are your thoughts? What goes on in your mind? It's great that you are here, but God looks more than that. The Bible says God does not see the way man sees. God sees from the heart. He sees beyond the physical. He sees beyond what you are doing. He sees into what you think. What are your motives? What are your intentions? What are your thinking about coming? In your department, why do you join the department you join? What are your things? What's going on in your mind? What are you thinking about that department? Your functions, what are you thinking about it? Is this something that will take you towards God or that will move you away from God? I might not be able to know about what you are thinking, but he does. And he judge according to your thoughts. That's why in the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, he responds to people not just because of how the, what they say. He responds to their thoughts. The Bible says, and there are reasons this way, and then he will respond to their reasoning. He will respond to their thoughts. Why? Because he can see beyond what they are saying. When it's time to serve the Almighty God, what goes on in your mind? Do you feel inconvenience? Do you feel this is too much? Do you feel that oh, this is too much burden? And you drag your feet to do what you are doing. And you think it will be acceptable. No. Who are you becoming? Just based on your thoughts. When it's time to serve the Lord with your money, what are your thoughts? What are the things that goes on in your mind? For those of us who have been going through the open heaven this year, our general CR talks about a man that he felt that would be you can be used financially for the things of God. And he called on him and said, look, we have this particular need. And he said, yeah, well, I'll pray about it. In other words, I'll think about it. But he says, I'll pray about it. And God raised someone else and the person, you know, fulfilled it. And he came after, it was, I think, maybe on Friday. By Monday, he came and, uh, and God, Gio said, no, someone, God has used someone else. Thank you. And that was it. There was no need to receive the money. What are your thoughts? What are your thinking regarding what you do? The thoughts are very important because it makes you. The way you think, the way you reason will determine who you will become. One of my mentors, Jim Rohn, says, beware, beware of who you become 
in your pursuit of what you want. Beware who you become in your pursuit of what you want. Many of us, we want so many things. It could be education. It could be money, finances. It could be fame. It could be prestige. It could be respect. It could be honor. There's nothing wrong in what you want. But beware of who you become in the process or in your pursuit of what you want. You just want money. There was nothing wrong in money. But who did he become in his pursuit of what he wants? He became a Judas. I don't know too many people who named their children Judas. Why? Because of who Judas become. Because he became Judas. He got the money, no doubt about that. He got the money. So you could get what you want. But who have you become in the process, in your pursuit of those things that you are looking for, of those things that you are trying to accomplish? Who have you turned to? What has those things turned you to? Who are you becoming? Yes, you get the degree. But what transpires in your process of obtaining that degree? Spiritually, who have you become? Maritally, who have you become? Any compromise in your marital life just because of what you want? Are you the same person, your spouse, married before you pursue that particular thing? Has there been changes? Is he seeing someone different from who he had before? Before you get the job, who have you become? Are you still the same person that we know? In the church of God, before you got married, you might have known you to be, to be vibrant. But now you are married. Who have you become? Are you still the same person that we know? Before your children, are you still the same person? Before you started school, are you the same person? Now that you started school. After getting the job, before you get the job, we know there's a way we know you. There's a way God knows you. But what has transpired in your pursuit of what you want? Are you still the same that you have become something else? You have become someone else. And I'll tell you this. This is one of the quotes from my mentor as well. He says that who you become is more important than what you get. Who you become is more important than what you get. You may get the degree. You may get the money. You may get the job. You may get everything you want. But who have you become? Because who you become is way more important than what you get. This man got the money. But who has he become? A fool. And by being a fool, he lost it all. Because he lost his life. And because he lost his life, he lost it all. There was nothing left for him. He became a fool. Just based on the way that he thinks. Open your Bible with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. The book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Philippians 4, 8 and 9.
Amen. Thank you so much. So finally, brethren, you know that was, I've said a lot of things, but this is the most important thing. Finally, the summary. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Your thought, thinking. Think on these things. What are your thoughts? Examine your thinking. Examine your thoughts. Are they true? What you are thinking, are they true? Sometimes you don't even know. If you don't know, it might not be true. So don't think about what you don't know. Oh, that brother hates me. That sister hates me. How do you know? If you don't know, don't think like that. Instead, say, well, I don't know. So don't think about it. Because the more you think about it, it will move from thoughts to words. At first, you are thinking about it. Then later, you begin to say it. By the time you start saying it, you begin to act it out. And things get escalated. If you are not sure that it is true, then don't do it. Don't think about it. Whatever thing that is true, these are the things that you should be thinking about. If it's not true, then don't think about it. Don't think about it. So whatever things that are true. Whatever things that are honest. Honesty is different from truth. I might be telling you the truth, but I might not be honest. The truth might be that I'm in church because I am in church. But honestly, I'm not here. I'm at work. I'm not here. I'm with my spouse. I might not be here. The truth is that I am here because you can see me. I'm here. But honestly, I'm not here because my mind is not here. The truth may be that I greeted you, but honestly, I'm not greeting you because I hated you. Yes, I greet you. I laugh, but I'm not laughing with you. That's the honest. Honest means I am not laughing. Yes, it's true that I'm laughing. You can see me laughing. But I am not laughing with you. In my mind, I am not laughing. That's the honest. There's a difference between truth and honest. The truth is that what you said you do, you're doing it. You can see you're doing it. That's the truth. Everybody can testify to the truth. But when it comes to honesty, it is you. It is you. Honest. Honest has a lot to do with our motive for doing it. People are thanking you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, all right, but you don't need to thank me. Why? Because I don't want to give you what I gave you. I give it to you because I had to. So you don't need to thank me. Oh, well, the only reason why I give you is because I'm expecting this. 
It's because of what you have done. I don't want you to be thinking that, you know. So those are honesty. What is it exactly that has to do with your heart? What, what's the motive? What's your intention? What are you up to? That people might not know. But you could tell the truth. But are you honest? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Whatsoever things that are true, whatsoever things that are honest, whatsoever things that are just, what you are thinking is, are you justified by it? Even the person concerned might not know about it, but are you justified? Many people might not be able to answer it, many people might not be able to respond to it, but are you justified to think the way you think towards that person? Are you justified to think the way you think towards that particular thing? Whatsoever things that are just. Whatsoever things that are pure. Purity is important. What are the things that goes on in your mind? Purity. There are many things that we conceal in our mind. The Bible says the heart of a man is desperately wicked. You can know it. It's been said that many times if God gives you the privilege to see through the heart of the person sitting beside you, you might have to jump up and run away and say, oh no, I don't want to sit close to this person. Purity. What are the things that you are thinking? Whatsoever things that are lovely. Love is not easy. God is love. You need love to think lovely. You need God to think lovely. If you find it difficult to think lovely, you need to cry to God because he is love. Without him, no matter what you do, you can't have it. Things that are lovely. There are people who think lovely naturally. If you don't, if you, are not, if you don't have the opportunity, just ask God for it. Ask for the grace. He can give it to you because he is love himself. Those are things that are lovely. Whatsoever thing that have good reports. Good reports. Believe it honestly, good reports is not from it's not what you say. It's what people say. Oh well, he's only saying that because, alright, how many of them? The first person is saying that because. Second person is saying that because. I tell you, by the time you hear from three, four, five people and they say you are mean, check your life. You probably are mean. I'm serious. Oh, they don't like me. Yeah, how many people don't like you? All five of them? All ten of them don't like you? It's time to do a self-examination. Well, the only reason he said that is, how about the other one? Oh, well, he's saying that. So you have every reason for about five, ten people to say you are mean. Oh, they say you are rude. And you said, no, I'm not rude. I'm just being, you know, affirmative. Yeah, you could give it any name you want. But I'm telling you, good report is important. It's not difficult to get a good report. If what you are doing is good. There are several examples in the scripture. There was a man who needs help from our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't even go to Jesus. People said, oh, please help this, help this man. He built us a synagogue. They didn't say, oh, help this man is born again. Or they didn't say, help this man is a holy man. No, no, no. He built us a synagogue. Help him. And Jesus did. He just didn't ask him, oh, are you born again? No, no, no. He just did it. Good report, period. Dorcas didn't even have the opportunity to say anything of herself. She was dead. Good report. 
Everybody went to the disciples and the apostles. They said, look, this is the cloth he gave me. This is the shoes he gave me. These are all the things that he has done. Good report is not from you. It's from people. Other people. So if your life has been centered on yourself, then you will lack good report. What does your life centered on? This man says, I will start everything I have. Me. Everything I have, I will store it up. I will tell to my soul, I don't care about your soul, my soul. Say, look, you've gathered a lot for many years. Take ease. Relax. Eat. Drink. And marry. There's nothing wrong in relaxing. There's nothing wrong in drinking. There's nothing wrong in eating. There's nothing wrong in marrying. But it does it center on you and you alone. A mother came to our Lord Jesus Christ and brought his two children. And said, Lord Jesus, I want to ask you for one thing. Can you allow my children, one to be on your right side, the other one to be on your left side? What is he asking for? He's asking for greatness. We know you are the greatest of all. Can you elevate my children to be as great as you? To be standing beside you? Jesus gave them the definition of greatness. He said to be great, you need to be a servant. The world got it all, all upside down. You need to serve others to be great. That's what he told them. My mentor put it this way. He said, service to many brings greatness. Who are you serving with your life? Who are you serving with your substances? Who are you serving with your talent? Who are you serving with everything that you got? Serving yourself? There's no way to be great. If all you do is all about yourself. Oh, well, nobody came to me. They don't need to come to you. You look for the opportunity to serve others. They don't need to come to you. They don't need to. Look for the opportunity. Anywhere I am, I'm looking for opportunity to serve people. And I'm not just talking about the church, I'm talking about the entire world, wherever I find myself. I was once in a particular nursing home and I saw you know, a young girl working as a CNE. And I, I just looked, he's so young. Why will you continue this? How long have you been doing this one? It's about four years, four years doing CNEs. And I just, can I take you out to eat? I don't even know him from anywhere. I took him out to eat. We went to a buffet and we're eating. And I was just asking about his life. And based on that, I was curious because I want to serve him. And one thing leads to the other. Eventually, I, he ended up that I actually know his, his father. And long story short, I was able to encourage him to move up in life. I wasn't paid for that. He didn't have to pay for the food. I paid for both of us. But I just need to do something to encourage him so that I can have the opportunity to talk to him. That was all. Serving people. I received a text message about a student who didn't pass his exam. Our exam, and this was the day I, I traveled. I actually, yeah, I went to London on my way from London that very day. That I came, I think. What? Well, yeah, the day I came, the next day I was meeting with her in the morning, just to put her through. That wasn't part of my job. I gave my time, I gave my talent, I gave what I have. 
just to have them, you know, to be who they need to be. I look for opportunity to see people who I need. If I'm in position, I'll do it. It's nice to say when I'm in position, the truth of the matter, even when I'm not in position, I still look for ways by which to help them financially, even at a cost to me. I'm not saying you should go to that extent, but at least whatever you have, don't let it center on yourself alone. The only way to be great is to serve many. The more you serve, the greater you're going to be. And all these things will start from the thinking. That's the point I'm, I'm driving at, at this point, from your thoughts. Because in your thinking, you might be saying, well, the money is not enough anyway. I got bills to pay. Right, you do. I know that. It's not enough. Yes, I know. But can you take part of your thoughts and include someone else who might be less privileged than you? Well, we don't even have enough money to pay the mortgage. I understand that. You got a mortgage. Some don't even have a mortgage. They don't have a place to sleep. You're talking about mortgage. Some don't have something to eat. So, well, this place is so cold, we need to pump up the heat. I understand that. But do you know how some people get their own heat? In New York City, there are some iron in a hole. I don't know where those heat are coming from. When you are walking, you see those heat coming out. On the main road, you know, on the street. That's where some people sleep. That's how they get their own heat. No shed, nothing. In the snow, they cover up. So on the floor, so a little bit of heat that comes out there, that's all how they get heat. And they are happy. Why? Because not everybody has the opportunity to get that heat. There are many of us don't have that. A lot of homeless people out there. But you got one. You know, many a times, you know, I get into the car and I was going to be hungry with my car. Like, why is this heat not up? Then I look at, you know, the outside temperature and realize, that, okay, it's three. Okay, this is 40 degrees in here. Okay. So that's a big difference. Okay. But can you still pump up a little bit? You know, that kind of a thing. I stayed with some people not too long ago and uh, I was wondering why I'm freezing. Then I realized that, you know, they had to shut off the heat certain time and put it on when it's really freezing cold. Put it on as soon as the room gets warm, then they shut it off. And then, you know, the same thing with the water. They, they heat it up and shut it off. That kind of a thing. I don't remember doing that in my house. All I remember is that everything is on 24-7, you know. So sometimes we take all these things for granted that people out there have to ask questions and say, what is going on? Ask your financial situation. I didn't complain that I'm freezing cold, but I was just asking. I'm curious. I want to know what's your financial situation. Why is things happening this way? That's how to look for opportunity. You have it one way, and you see people that doesn't have it. You don't just talk about it. You think positively. You think lovely. You think in a way to have good reports. Not for a show up. I'm not talking about showing up. But just want to, you are curious. You show interest on them, in them. In order to know what is going on with the, with the intention to help. And God sees your thinking, your thought processes. And he acts based on that. In fact, he'll begin to communicate with you based on that. 
I pray that God will expound this more in your heart. I'll end with this. There was a time I was in need. And what I, have, what I hear is a still small voice in my heart asking me, if I give you 50,000, what will you do with it? The first thing that came to me is I said, I'll give 20% as my tithe. That was all he wanted to know. My thinking process. The money came. Gift. 50,000. It came as a gift. How do you think? What do you think about? Just based on this man's thoughts, he moved from being rich to becoming a fool and losing it all. You will not lose it all in the name of Jesus. Let's rise up on our feet. Our thinking, our thoughts will determine who we become. It says, watch your thoughts because they will soon become your words. Watch your words, they will soon become your actions. Watch your actions, they will soon become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your destiny. And I said your destiny will become who you are. Talk to the Almighty God. Examine what your thoughts have been in all these aspects of your life. With your church activity, with your family, with your friends, with people that you know, with what you do, with your finances. What are your thoughts about these things? Do you include God in your thoughts? Do you factor God into your finances? Do you say, Lord, as I make this, this is my plan for you. This is my plan for my fellow brethren who are less privileged. How do you think? How do you process it? Or as soon as you get your pay, all that comes to your mind is the bill. Bill is forever. Oh, well, it's not enough. That is not the point. And there are people who are less privileged than you that might need that help. Someone, someone talk about the woman that dropped a penny in the offering basket. Say Jesus recognizes it, but he didn't say, hey, pick it up. No, no, he allowed it. He said, still give it. This is someone who is in need, but he gave. He appreciated the thought, he appreciated the concept, but he didn't overrule it. So, this is someone who is very poor, but in his in a thinking process, he still remembered God and said, I'm going to still give to the Lord. Talk to the Almighty God. Say, Father, touch my heart. Touch my heart. Renew my heart, O oh Lord. Renew my mind. The Bible says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. But the goal is that he wants you to begin to think the way he thinks. God is not selfish. He gave his one and only to us as a sacrifice. That's all he got. This is my only one. I'm giving it up. Talk to the Almighty God. I want to think the way you think, Lord. I want my thoughts to be aligned with your thoughts. Talk to the Almighty God. He said in that place, so the life of a man does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possess. Yes, you know me. It's good to go for your education. It's good to get a good job. It's good to get paid. It's good to possess as many things you want to possess. That's not the problem. But what are your thoughts concerning that? What are your thoughts? Does your thoughts, does your thinking, does it center on you and you alone? Or does it include God? Does it include other brethren? Does it include people who are less privileged?
talk to the Almighty God. Say, Lord, touch my heart. Renew my mind, O Lord. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. Talk to the Almighty God. Talk to Him. And reflect on those things that we are encouraged to think about. If you like them, ask God. We talk about loving lovely. He is love. If you don't have him or you have turned away from him one way or the other, ask him to come back. Say, Lord, I'm ready to start afresh with you. Renew my mind, Lord. I want to in my life. I want love. I want to be able to think lovely. Talk to the Almighty God. In that place, you will see. He said, until after the, everything he says we should think about, then that was when he now said, oh, everything you have learned and seen and received, do. But something comes before the doing, before the action is your thoughts. It's been said that the mind is a battleground. Talk to the Almighty God. Let me overcome in this battleground. The battleground of my mind, of my heart, of the way I think, let me overcome. Talk to the Almighty God. Talk to Him. For in Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. The word said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto us. King of glory, the grace to seek you with the whole of our heart, release unto us in Jesus' name. You have said that we need to be rich towards you. Not just to leave treasures. Help us that we begin to build our heavenly treasures in the name of Jesus. Let's not be too late for us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Blessed be that holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. Amen. Amen.